0: And if you make them aware of that, then now the onus is on them to now manage that. So you don't have to manage it, they have to manage it. And I think that's important
1: because, you know,
0: because we would be, you know, you can imagine someone being feeling quite isolated, doesn't have support because everyone's talking about their children. Where do I go about this? And I think we need to arm ourselves with that information to say, Mm -hmm make them aware and then they need to manage that. Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast with Berenice Smith from Walking Our Shoes, Sarah Lawrence from After The Storm, and me, Michael Hughes from Married and Childless. If this is your first time here, our podcast is centered around supporting the childless not by choice community, and our aim is to be a focal point for the community, and with all our special guests, show how you to manage your grief, the issues specific to us, and by example, show that a full and happy life can be had without those children we dearly wanted. Now, this episode, the three of us take a deep dive into COVID, working from home and online meetings, and how to handle the triggers that come from these, as well as the exciting news of Berenice and Sarah being nominated for Digital Women of the Year. We join the chat just after we said our hellos. This time tomorrow, I'll hopefully be about a third of the way up the New South Wales coast, because I've got to go to Queensland for the next couple of weeks. So. 20, so, cases, yeah, so 20 cases. I can't
1: remember the last time we cases. saw 20 I just cases.
2: Can't. Yeah, currently we have 4.1 million, and the deaths, um, God, that's just too hard to read that, 116,000. Yeah.
0: We've um, we've I think we've gone something like twenty five days without any uh, community transmission in New South Wales, and we were probably I don't want to say the worst, but we are the highest risk because we have the largest amount of people coming in from overseas that yeah. have to go into hotel quarantine for two weeks. Now we had someone that did that, came out, and tested negative, and then a few days later. Tested positive. So it's really shaken up the, okay, how long do we have to quarantine for? But mm. on the whole, you know, that's that's the sort of figures that we're talking about. You know, um, yeah, 25 days without any community, tra- uh, community transmission. I'm actually going to get the, the um, Australian COVID stats up and share the screen because I think... As as Kate put it in the, in, in she says it's actually encouraging that 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 can happen. Although I do feel somewhat, I've got to be careful because you know some people may think I'm being a bit, uh, what's the word? Um, what do you mean boasting.
2: by something happening? So the fact that they they have a case and then they are quick to then review and then. Yeah. take action yeah. yeah yeah okay yeah I can it's see that on. I can understand that
0: yeah here
2: we go because that's kind of now I can see we're recording so I try and sort of steer away from politics but I think <laughs> I think that's that, all
0: right well I could cut that yeah that's okay
2: yeah no yeah. it's fine I think we can we can probably talk you know reasonably about that and just said I think that's been the problem um for us is that that action hasn't been taken you know, when you think can, you back... share,
0: can you allow me to share the screen, please, Sarah? Yeah, of course. Hang on. Thanks.
2: I'll make your co-host.
0: Sorry, sorry Berenice. You go ahead.
2: No, it's fine. I was just thinking that okay. that's been always the issue, I think, with us in this country, is just trying to – yeah, the action just takes a while, really. No one on the podcast audience is going to be able to see this, but
0: – No, that's right. <laughs> so that's, that's the stats that I can get hold of. That's mm-hmm. from the national perspective. Yeah. Um so the you know if you look on the left hand side, the current cases, the total deaths to date is nine hundred and nine. Eight hundred of those came from Victoria where they had an outbreak um where they didn't control it as well as they should have. Mm. But as yeah. you can see, we've got one case in ICU in Victoria. That's it. Jesus
2: Christ there's an article that i read this morning um that's been up on the the guardian newspaper in the uk and it's of somebody who went back to new zealand she's a new zealander by birth and she decided this time last year that it would be fine in the uk and london was her home it's where she had work um she works for herself she's self-employed probably i think as a journalist i think or something like that and she decided that no she'd stick it out london's home and then as it got worse and worse and worse, and she had the opportunity um, to take a contract in New Zealand um, just before Christmas. So she left before the last lockdown, went over to New Zealand, and then had two weeks in the isolation hotel, which is only something that our government have introduced recently, you have quarantine hotels now. So we haven't had mm-hmm. those. As far as I'm aware, we haven't had those so far. Which um, I could be wrong, but I don't think that's been a thing. No, it hasn't. And what she said was that it was just the strangeness of being in New Zealand because people were walking around the streets normally. They were hugging each other, sitting in cafes normally in like a pre-2019 you know, like a 2019 scenario because... Um, they can and she said that she just wanted to go around and just tell everyone you don't know how lucky you are you don't know how lucky you are you know to random strangers and she she was just so aware that she had to step away from people it was part of her behavior that she stepped away from people because in London of course that's the thing you do now you know Mm. we all do that when I take the dog out for a walk I have to step away from people um you know that's polite it's rude to, to, to go near someone, and she, and there's a whole level of social behaviours that I think Europe, lots of parts of Europe, but certainly, I think in the UK, because of the sheer volume of, of cases, I, we're going to have so many social issues. It occurred to me that on my birthday, which is the 7th of March, will be the last time I hugged my parents. The last time I saw them to, sorry, I'm going to start getting really emotional now, but it is. It's the last time I hugged them because mm-hmm. that was my birthday last year. And um, that's the last time that we went, or my my dad and my my, my husband went to the pub to go and get a takeaway. It's my birthday. And so it's bittersweet. We still mm-hmm. like this. And in fact, it's worse. And I personally, and um, it might offend few of our listeners, I think that, that the, the government are unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable in the way that they have communicated or failed to communicate, failed to lock us down soon enough. The Football League here locked down sooner than the government made us lock down. They ran the Cheltenham Gold Cup, for crying out loud, in the beginning of March. Um, And the football were already saying, no, we're we're not opening up stadiums. And you've got clubs in this country who are, who struggle to stay in business absolutely struggled to stay in afloat. Although I will say one thing that, that, that I've decided that after all this is over, that I think football is the way to go to encourage um, social interactivity because the Cambridge United um, team that we have here have been in contact with Kenny so often, my husband, because he's a season ticket holder. They ring up to check on his welfare as they have done with all the season ticket holders. They've been running Joe Wicks style exercise classes. Um, they actually had here, we were the one, of the, the only club, I think, that was the tester to see whether they could actually do social distancing in a football stadium. And I think it went quite well, but they decided obviously with lockdown that that they're not now doing that. But I think football is the way to go to make connections because actually they, they, they've been so brilliant, you know, just keeping in touch um, and ringing people up. But anyway, sorry, political rant there, but, you know, I think just blood on their hands. Really, and you could say arguably that we all are responsible, and yes, we are, but when you have a culture of mistrust, because it's constant U-turns, and it is constant U-turns. I guess no, we're not going to lock down. There is no lockdown. And yes, you can meet up with three or four households on Christmas Day or whatever that bollocks was. I mean, I just stayed at home with Kenny, we didn't go anywhere, but
1: I don't it creates sense.
2: a culture of mistrust. We all just think, well, okay, well, I don't quite believe them, even if you think that you might believe them I mean this roadmap we've got to get out of lockdown that they're going to announce on the 22nd of February we've got 116 deaths for crying out bloody loud 44.1 million cases we are nowhere near getting out of lockdown but they'll do it because business because money because income and actually what could have happened this time last year is we all could have been in lockdown we could have had quarantine hotels and we could have done a hell of a lot bloody more and we didn't because the government told us it wasn't a problem and Johnson missed all the Cobra meetings. So there you go, sorry, filthily angry. I don't particularly care if people switch off the podcast at this point, because I'm just so bloody angry. And actually I've had a couple of close deaths lately as well. So yeah, I am bloody angry, really angry um, because I can see the effect it's having on people, on our community as well, because we're not covered in all of this. Over here, no one speaks about people who are childless, people who are isolating on their own. That ain't talked about. Yeah, then mm-hmm. we don't exist, and that really, really, really fucks me off. Bah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's a proper rant. <laughs> anyway, how are you on this fine February morning? Kids? <laughs> God. Oh, dear. Ah. But on the bright side, I started reading books again. I I was struggling. I said this to Lisa, this Lisa Ann, who was on the, oh, gosh, previous episode, the January episode about reading and how I struggled with all of that, and I really couldn't concentrate. And I've actually found some books to read. I've started reading again, like proper reading, like concentrating reading as opposed to to. I don't know, flicking through the internet, looking at social media and making myself feel really pissed off. But I just haven't had the attention span. It's been like a grasshopper. I can't, I don't know. You know, I read loads. I read, you know, I'll read a book a month and I just haven't been able to at all. So that's been, that's a positive.
0: So, what book is it?
2: Oh, I was hoping you'd ask that. So I just was drinking my tea, <laughs> thinking I'll to tell you what it is. Um, well, two books actually on the go. So one is the, um, the, the Islands of Abandonment, life in the post-human landscape, which sounds like very, very, it's, a photo, it's got photographs in it. And it's actually of someone, a photographer, who went over and took photographs of places that had been abandoned because of disasters. So Chernobyl, Detroit, um, and some of these Scottish islands that had just been abandoned because of the clearances. Um, and there's loads of photographs I saw it reviewed in something in a in a in a newspaper and I had to go and buy it so they've got places like um I'm gonna get this wrong so Scottish people I'm very sorry um Inchmickery I don't know it looks like Inchmickery an island in the Firth of Scotland um, which is now a breeding gown for seals but was in fact um, a military base apparently so um, it's a really good book it's brilliant it's got loads of really good photographs in it I really like um, Abandoned Buildings is it Abandoned Buildings it's on um, Dave or something like that here in the UK and you get all these experts and it's it's hilarious actually because they're all sitting there they're all quite important historical experts going but why was it abandoned what happened here they think well you obviously you know because you're on the program you ask, so just stop you know making it bigger than it isn't get to the point um when they do get to the point it's often very interesting and they go all around the world so it's sort of a bit like that and i have got some really fantastic photographs of abandoned buildings because i quite like all that urban photography where people go into um old buildings and mansions and take photographs and risk life and limb Crumbling debris. I quite like that. I can't do it myself. (laughs) I'll probably get arrested. You know. Anyway, so that's my favourite book at the moment. So it's a it's a it's a factual book, not a fiction book. What are you googling, Uh, uh,
0: Michael? I'm googling Inch um, Inch Inch Mickery.
2: Mickery. Inch Mickery. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Found it.
0: Got it. Actually, it's actually just outside of just outside of Edinburgh on the what is it the First
2: uh, the 3rd 4th. Fourth. Fourth.
0: The 3rd or 4th. yeah, and the 4th. Yeah. Which it's is not, miles far away. From, not, not far from where my, my ancestors come from in Leith, which is northeast of Edinburgh. Okay. There you go. That's what I'm Googling. Uh,
2: yeah. It was fortified <laughs> in 19, 1915 as part of the middle line of defence for the First World War. And so I've What's found, the other
0: book you're reading? So you said you've got two on the go. I
2: have, yeah. The Dale of, um, of Bowie which is all about david bowie um and 10 lessons from david bowie's life to help you live yours anyone that knows me knows that i absolutely um love david bowie have not quite yet um worked out why he's not here and how cruel everything is um still can't listen to lazarus Uh, (laughs) um, but i just this is just fantastic there's been loads of documentaries lately as well and concerts and things that um they showed Glastonbury him at Glastonbury the full concert a couple of weeks ago which is amazing um so yeah lots of life lessons um by a guy called Mark Edwards who's a um a journalist and he's a life um, like a trainer and a life coach as well so it's got some really good stuff in it too and actually this is a bit this is a book that made me start reading again because there's just so much in it um he was really into Buddhism everybody, and I sort of and I wouldn't say that I am, but I'm interested because I meditate a lot and the Cambridge Buddhist Centre um, not being open is one of the things i struggled with probably the most um, because they're just amazing. We um, used to go there quite a lot. So um, this is quite... It's a bit like them um, and David Bowie in a book, which is just amazing. So I'm, I'm happy with that one. So there you go. Again, all, both factual books. I i don't know. I can't quite get into fiction. I think because its its it's also just like different there's no association at the moment with fiction I'm like, well, okay they're, they're you know whatever you had a romance novel you think well that's just not going to happen or a murder mystery it all just seems a bit kind of I don't know can't quite get into it I think because of the situation we're in is also much worse yeah. I think somehow yeah
0: so also, what's going on mean... with you Sarah
1: oh not much <laughs> diaries in arctic wasteland <laughs> I just uh can't even bring myself to talk about it I'm so angry about what's going on so I have no words I was <laughs> just really, like Berenice is just like ranting and like there's nothing I can say to disagree here other than the fact mm. that I'm a bit pissed off that I think the public are going to get blamed for all of this when actually it's very yeah. much Boris Johnson and and his cronies. so yeah but let's not go there because I'm too fucking angry to talk about it <laughs> so yeah uh,
2: yeah. but it's absolutely brilliant, though. That I think that the, you guys over there in Australia are yeah. in a better situation. I think that that is hopeful. It's just, yeah,
1: it is genuinely. It's not. It's not smugness. I actually take some no from it. So yeah, yeah,
0: I do too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get and that's. Um, um, I've got a bit of a i'm on a bit of a crusade with people who are whinging about it over here you know just think hang on hang on hang on get yeah. a bit of perspective here look at what's going on around the world you know yeah. and and just yeah change your paradigm yeah because it could be a lot worse
2: yeah yeah, yeah i think there's parts of the world where it's been really really bad you know the uk is bad but you have places india um and other places that have been just I unbelievably unbelievably bad you know we are you know I I suggest the positive side is that we are um getting vaccines done that's why I missed the last podcast because I was taking my husband to be vaccinated um my parents have been vaccinated um my sister-in-law so it's just me and my brother um Mm. to go but with but my mum had the AstraZeneca vaccine and everyone else has had the Weissner vaccine so we're all like oh how do you feel vaccine comparison um and actually she was quite tired I think it was the day before her birthday and I think it just hit her a little bit perhaps the tiredness possibly also the emotion of it too because I know that when I got the notification through for Kenny I just sat here and 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 cried actually because it was just you know he's got another one to go there's a whole kind of issue and a conversation about how soon that will be um Mm. but let's not go down there because that again will make us all just so bloody angry um but there are some positives, I think, in that. So, you know, we're starting to get there with those. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was this morning, I was watching cricket and they had a crowd in the Indian, they had an Indian crowd, only 50%, but I was saying to Jim, my other half, it's so weird to hear people cheering and, you know, the hubbub in the background because life has got very quiet. You know, it's you used to be going out and doing things, meeting people, but life has got very quiet so you notice, you start to notice weird things like crowds on telly, so, but they said in the sun today, I I just noticed it as I was walking past it, the pubs are going to be open in April, Um, I don't know whether that's previous or not, but
2: if it's It's the sun, it could mean anything, let's be honest. Well,
1: it's given me a little bit of hope, because I've I've fucking killed (laughs) to go in the pub, if I'm honest with you, just to be around (laughs) other people, you know, just, just a bit of normality, so that's given me a little bit of hope, but. You just don't know do you it's about just keep keeping going i think you know the thoughts over here was that oh 2021 it's gonna be new it's gonna be different and then it wasn't and now everyone's like oh the spring it's gonna be different but i don't know there's these little noises coming out from uh boris and co or so, should i say alexander and co because boris ain't even his real name um you know sort of saying ah you know well we're gonna to to be careful with this but it's also contradictory which is why I, you can't blame the public because of the messaging that's coming out. I don't blame anybody but them, if I'm honest with you. So we'll see yeah. what happens. But, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just keeping yourself sane, isn't it? I've been doing a lot of running, a lot of yoga, uh, been on Zoom a lot. I've got to be honest, <laughs> getting a bit signed out. <laughs> <Just yeah>. like, <laughs> I'm going to the virtual pub this afternoon with friends, but it's just like,
2: Jesus. <laughs> yeah it's it's tough isn't it I think it's it's that you say it's the noise it's in some respects though it's been nice because I've heard more bird song yeah so much more bird song you become much more aware of I think things like that particularly I think around here where I live in what fairly built up area I suppose you know it's it's a city it's Cambridge it's a fair amount it's not the busiest place in the universe but you notice it a lot more because it's theoretically people shouldn't be driving anywhere I mean there's still people on the roads but it's much quieter than normal so you just hear it more um and that's been actually really nice um to have that yeah I've enjoyed the bird song actually we have got a lot of land goals around here as well for some reason I don't know um we're not I don't know not quite an hour from the coast I suppose but so it can't be seagulls I think that would be a bit bit much but there must be land goals and there was one or two came across the other afternoon when I was walking Molly and the sound was like oh my god it reminds me of the seaside because that's my thing I think I'm not necessarily missing the pub I'm missing the sea I'm just missing I'm just feeling utterly landlocked at the moment by that Um, because you know in the past it's been okay it's only an hour up the road and it is only an hour up the road you literally can just get in the car and you can go you know you can do a day out at the coast from here quite easily it's not a problem but because of lockdown laws you can't um so now it just feels really landlocked like oh my god anyway yeah oh
1: well there you go Michael you asked us
2: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're struggling we we are no, struggling look, no but um it, it's uh-huh. it, it's actually um i take your stories with me when i go around because obviously my job takes me to a lot of different places and i see i see diff i see people from various levels of the socioeconomic scale let's say and some people just need a little bit of a a hey, listen you might be moaning about the fact that you know there's no you can't go to the football or you can't go you know you, you can't go to a club or the the australian opens down here but no one can go you need you you just need a bit, a bit of sort of reality about what's going on around the rest of the world so your stories actually you know they get told oh, thank
2: pleasure. you thanks for that oh that's that's really maybe professional but yeah because it does it i don't think any i don't think we ever thought this time last year that we would be where we are now i just can't i i it's just too overwhelming to think about actually and then also I suppose there is that strength of that we did we are still we're here you know we we're here we you know was well, I um so far safe well um that my family my parents safe and well that you know there are blessings <laughs> in all of this you know and I think that I don't know. Maybe every generation has to have like a big thing, and maybe this is the generational thing of us. I don't know. You know, you just know that life isn't ever going to be the same again. Like if I ever hear the word new normal, I just like, I just like oh God, I could throw things at that. But because it won't, I mean, I don't think there is a definition of anything like that. Um, and hopefully, people will just have a little bit more kindness and respect for each other at the end of all of this. We don't forget, I don't think anyone can forget because I think it's touched all of us in some way, whether we've known someone, but you, it it's one of the things that it does touch you, it's a stupid thing that I just said there because it's not right at all, um, but it's touched everybody because they've all been impacted by it in some form or another, you know, from wearing a mask to how we, we walk down the street, whether we even decide that we're gonna walk down the street to whether we've been affected by somebody, um, a loss a bereavement, um, you know, it's life changing, absolutely mm. life changing for absolutely everybody. Um, even if you're somewhere like New Zealand or somewhere where you perhaps haven't had the the impact that we've had on Europe, um you're still watching it going on. You are still sat there and you still got those measures waiting to come in place should it then happen again. And I think in New Zealand they've changed the um the laws now i think on how you go and you have to wait now and book a space to go in to the country um so again they're impacted in their own way as well we all are um we'll come out of it different absolutely Mm. for sure i just can't wait to just i was dreaming last night actually that i was going to australia must be to do with the podcast and and you michael and that and i was (laughs) i was on this on this bus i was a it was a weird thing, and I kept going back to the dream. You know, if you have a dream, sometimes you kind of like, you think, oh, God, that was a bit awful. Um, but um, we keep going back to it, and you can't get out of the dream. So, I've got to say, I've got to dream about something else. And I was on this bus at an airport with my dad. Um, for some reason, my dad was coming with me. Uh, I think my mum was there, and maybe my husband, I don't know. And I was saying, I can't go. We, I cannot go, because there's still we still have COVID here you know I can't I could have got it by now from touching everything and they're going yeah but we're all vaccinated we're all fine and I was saying in the stream, but I can't go because I might pass the COVID you know I might have COVID and I can pass it pass it on to Michael and Vicky I can't go anyway no one's looking after the dog and apparently that was also the other thing I had to get off the bus and go home and go and get the dog because I apparently left the dog with some food for two weeks so in the house on their own, which is just I would not do that, just in case anyone thinks I've like got I would never do that. I go Molly comes everywhere with me and I've been known to not go on holiday if I haven't got anyone to look after her. Um I'd just take her with me. Anyway. Um so I wouldn't do that. But yeah, so I never did get to Australia um to see you and Vicky, Michael. Sorry about that. I, I got off on the air at the the, the bus at the airport. Apparently. But my mum and dad and Kenny apparently are on their way because they've been vaccinated, apparently. Um, in my little dream state. <laughs> Jesus, I started to dream about it. I have started to dream about it. It's just like, you know, it's always at least one COVID-related dream every night, but I was being very diligent and not passing COVID on. Oh, Even in you. my dream. Okay, so there you are. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: What are we going to talk about? What did we say we were going to talk about? Yeah, what did we say? <laughs>
2: yeah. Let me have a look yeah, because but... I, I did put some stuff on the Trello board and I'll oh, tell you if I can find the Trello board because I have to I already use Trello for other things so I have to make sure I don't go into the right mm. into the wrong one and start adding stuff to the wrong Trello board so I put it on a separate um oh. thing a separate browser out of the way.
1: Me, me and my mom. The other day, we were having a business meeting and we got bored partway through and we were talking about our wardrobe, weirdly, and we were saying there are parts of our wardrobe. I think she compartmentalises, whereas I just bung it in. But she was sort of saying there's parts of her wardrobe with clothing, you know, work-related clothing that she's not worn for, like, over a year now because we haven't been able to go anywhere. And uh, we've, we've set ourselves a challenge of wearing everything in our wardrobe at least once this year. <laughs> <laughs> I love that! So we were saying that because we do a lot of videos for the other business and we were saying that um I said well one day I'm just going to rock up in a in a cocktail dress <laughs> full makeup you won't know because I won't warn you and we'll just we'll just record this uh, this video for uh LinkedIn. So yeah, we set ourselves these weird challenges
2: to keep ourselves
1: going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so on your LinkedIn feed now to find out what you do. <laughs> that is
0: actually a really hang on, good I'm idea. I'm googling it hang on where we LinkedIn.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, no, yeah. You I think that's such a good idea I've been wearing my sparkly um, sequin dot martins to do the um, food shop yeah because I'm still going out and getting food once literally once a week that's it um and early in the morning so I have to get up at six in the morning and I think I used to get up at six in the morning and live yeah. my life and I can't even it's so damn painful it's like you know I don't know you but you have that week over Christmas or wherever um, or maybe easter where you everything slips a bit with your time so you end up going to bed like really late and then waking up late and then that first bit when you have to go back to work or or get up and do a call or or something in january official you know that official thing and it hurts it's like that on the, on the friday morning when i have to get up and go and do something and you have to go to the shop and stand there and think oh my god it's just hurts I don't want to be here and you've got to remember like, mask and I slip so my sequin dot martins are my one joyous thing and in fact I've had a few comments on them people are like oh I love your shoes they're so sparkly and I'm just like I know <laughs> I know they really hurt though because I don't wear them often enough and dms oh, if you wear them, like you've really well, we've talked about this haven't we so you've got to break them in, in. well I had and of course then stopped wearing them over the summer because it was just a bit too warm to wear dms even I concede that you can't wear them in the summer um so yeah they've started to hurt again so I'm not wearing them and once a week is not enough to break them in and they're not really the sort of thing you can wear around the house because they're a bit too clunky for that so um I've been wearing them on the afternoon dog parade as they call it um we, we literally just go around the street out here. My street's got a massive, great big green space outside, which has just been wonderful. And we literally do laps around it. So um to keep fit and to interest. So I've been wearing my Dot Martins for that, but not when it snowed because I'd ruin them.
1: I, I don't have mine. snow
2: affects sweet I
1: don't know. I wear mine all year.
2: Do you? No, I get yeah. that warm feet.
1: Yeah. It's uh I, I don't like feet. I don't like sandals. I don't like seeing other people's feet. I'm really quite foot phobic, so mine are always strapped into my boots. <laughs> well, I, I was to, I went. Uh, well, this is this is slightly off topic, but I was talking to someone about it once. Going, I wonder where this foot phobia comes from. Where have I developed this foot phobia? And I I worked it out because my dad right hold on to your hats here so he did a lot of sport as a kid and I'll be honest my toenails are not fantastic so I paint them so I don't have to see them um, but here's are manky as sorry dad but they are and so uh, he, I went around to see him uh, a couple of years ago and he was doing his feet and then he said oh and I sat down beside him and he sort of put his feet up into my face and I screamed <laughs> so I was, that's where it comes from. So yeah, I can't stand feet. So they have to be strapped into boots all year round.
2: <laughs> what about Jim's feet?
1: Oh no. Ooh, they're like hobbit feet. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. It's, just, it's bad. <laughs> That's a real because I, I have a phobia of butterflies and of, of anything like that peacocks peacock tails things like that is peacocks. Oh, really? I can't yeah we went to Brown Sea Island once and it's off the Dorset coast and it's quite small and I oh, I don't know you we, we, we got to the end of this 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 tour, and I could hear them obviously and I'm linking with peacocks that's oh, something I'm on an island oh my god is that like peacocks anyway thinking that's so, okay it's all right and I had to just walk from a very short distance from where we we were across to the tea room now I love a cup of tea. When you've done all the kind of stuff, you know, when you've looked around stuff, again, things I miss is cup of tea, piece of cake, you know, in a nice tea room. Yeah. And so there's this tea room. I can see it. And there's peacocks. And there's ones with great long tails. And I can't walk across there. I actually can't walk across there. I really cannot do that. So we had to go back on, on the boat back over to the to um to the doorstep. So it's where I can't remember the boat's going from now. I've forgotten. Paul, I think it is Paul Harbour. And without a cup of tea, Kelly, She's like, but they probably had chocolate fudge cake, which is his favourite thing in the world ever. After beer, um, and he was just. I don't think he's ever forgiven me. But I had to take him into this cafe because, like, have some cake. I'm really sorry, but I like, can't deal with the bloody peacocks. I don't know why. I were well, yeah, they were like, i come match with with my with my tail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like, woo, you like, this is the tail because I
1: can't bear. I hate it. What is but it? Is it the pattern or the texture? It's, the... The,
2: it's the flicker of the tail when it's up. Oh. It's that noise. And it's <laughs> the same with butterfly. Yeah, butterfly wings as well. I had a bat in my hair years and years ago when I was a kid and we went to Scotland. I think I've, I've some reason been out fishing with my, I don't know, what well, my dad had been out some fishing thing. It was I think from memory there was a bat in my hair. So I think it's all to do with oh. that. And we had a minor bird when we were a kid and the fla- flapper bird wings as well. So probably something to do with the minor bird maybe. I don't know. Stuff like that. Mm. I just don't like that fluttery. It's the noise. I can't bear it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just mm. hate it. I know that the last time I probably saw a peacock with his tail, it was when I was a kid, and it was in Cornwall, in um, a farm on Pentai Point Point. We were walking, I can remember coming across it with my dad and being utterly freaked out by it. Just didn't like it at all. So, oh wow! There you go.
1: Weird
2: what? things. Feet and peacocks. Oh no, What about you? <laughs> what about you, Michael? You got a new it?
1: Yeah. What's your thing?
2: Yeah.
1: It's not spiders. <clears throat> I know that. <laughs>
0: No, oh, look, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably look I'd probably scream like a girl if there was one in the car, but um I don't have phobia. This is gonna sound this is gonna sound really and it it's changed over time, it's getting better, but <clears throat> and this might shock some people, but I I just couldn't do old people. Like um and I and Vicky's often said to me because Vicky's, you know, very patient and 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 empathetic and caring. And Michael, what is it? I, I don't know what it is, but I think it was. I don't know. I was always afraid that they'd, you know, that would latch on to you, sort of thing, you know. And and more people, you know, that. And I just found that uncomfortable. No idea where it's come from. And well, actually, I tell you what it's come from. I think now I'm thinking, now I'm actually thinking about it. I've never had, now I'm bloody old myself, but I've, I've, I'd never, I never had grandparents, sorry. I had one grandparent Mm. and she died when she was 55. So I've pretty much grown up not around, um, yeah, the elderly. And I found it uncomfortable to be around the elderly people. Maybe it's just maybe the uncomfortable the uncomfortableness was just from the fact that I just didn't understand or i wasn't wasn't exposed to that, but yeah, it's um interesting although i I'm, I'm getting better
2: I can understand that though if you yeah. haven't grown up in that environment then I think then then yeah that there's a thing there i'm I'm used to that because I had one two, three, one two, three, four great grandparents, one two, three, four, four grandparents and lots and lots of great aunts and uncles so it's kind of used to that but yeah if you don't have that in your family then yeah I can understand that's a bit daunting as well and of course our behaviours change as we get older as well don't we we you know we see it in ourselves and we see it I think in in our parents as well we, we do change we become more dependent on others so yeah, I could make sense. I can understand. I'm not quite
0: that. sure if I've shared this story with you, but we was on a. So we took it 2014, I think it was. Took my mum over to the UK because went to see her dad's grave in Italy, and and um, she was driving. My sister, so we sort of left mum with my sister so she could spend time with the grandkids and her daughter, and and my sister's like, just can you take her out, please, just somewhere. <laughs> so. We went for a we went for a little road trip, you know, over to the Cotswolds and then down through, um, down through the whatever county that is. Um, and we actually ended up in Poole. Oh, there um, you go, home of peacocks. And then then along the and then along the coast. Anyway, uh, it was getting late in the afternoon. So this is over a few days. We're getting late in the afternoon, and it's time to find somewhere to stay and. Um, we'd had a bad experience in Bath because we were going to go to Bath, but it was, see, again, it's the, it's the Australian mentality driving to Bath thinking, park the car. We're going to have a look at Bath. But you forget, <laughs> you forget that, and this was, this was June, June July. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you just forget about these things. And so we're in the middle of Bath. It's an absolute, shit show just traffic everywhere and i'm just now ah, we getting out of here? there just go <laughs> anyway so having said that so we've rocked up to to brighton and i'm just going it's going to be the same we're never going to find anywhere let's just move on and um so we go to eastbourne and oh, Eastbourne! Oh no, no so, Eastbourne! Yeah, so as my mum, as my mum, <laughs> actually said after we booked into the place, oh Michael, you do know this is God's waiting room, don't you?
2: It is. Oh, it totally is.
0: <laughs> so, I that
1: was Shaun of the Dead, not it. <laughs>
0: sorry
2: eastbourne it's very lovely there we like eastbourne but it is because all my elderly relatives have all holidayed in eastbourne so anyway we we find
0: we find a hotel and vicky's yeah look, let's go in this one so we park in there and as as we as is our custom we just find somewhere vicky goes in have you got any rooms yeah do that thing so anyway it did and she's, I can see her in the rear view vision mirror of the car as she's walking back through the car park to me with a massive smile on her face <laughs> because she says, we're staying here, Michael. And I'm like, what have you, you've done something. I know. This is, I know, I just know in my bones, you've, you've done something. And um, well, she, yeah, she booked the room. But as we walked in, wall-to-wall zimmer frames and little motorized <laughs> chairs and stuff. Ta-da. And every, <laughs> every person we met in the lift was <laughs> was elderly. And she's and she's you know, big smile on the face going, You're gonna hate it here, Michael. Well well, you know, in in that in her mind, which is going, Oh, you're gonna love this, Michael. So um yeah, we uh we went down to dinner, and I think everything was boiled, oh, boiled yeah. fish with white sauce and mashed potato. I'm sure. Um, So yeah, it I was uh, that. W-
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, and then we walked along. Walked a lot. We went for an evening walk, and outside every one of the hotels on the, on the seaside there, there's a bus parked. And then when you look inside, I guarantee there must have been a. Th- you Know a hundred Max Bygrave's impressionists, you know, doing a sing along in each one of them. It's like, are you serious? I could oh, make, yeah. make a movie out of this, seriously.
2: Even, even Blackpool's not that bad, though. Blackpool has its parts as well. I think when I've been to those, you go. <laughs> oh no, Eastbourne of all the places you could have ended up, really. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and I love have... that, they're going to Bath, park up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's like people no. think that about Cambridge. We're just going to go to Cambridge and we're just going to park up and we're going to walk round and... and, yeah. and uh, yeah, no. No, no, you don't do um, that here. It's a, no. it's a mission. You have to know the inside track as to how and yeah. where to park and how to get to where you need to, i.e. know a friend that has so, a driveway. <laughs>
1: so did you face your fears then?
0: I, I <laughs> yes. did. Yes. I actually apparently apparently I was being cheeky to two women, two old women in the lift. Vicky, girl
1: oh, there you go yeah. then. Desensitised. Yeah. Yeah, Eastbourne she was goes, actually good. She actually said, you. "I
0: can't take you anywhere, can I? You're even trying to flirt with the old women, Mike. What's going on?" <laughs> oh,
2: I love that story.
0: That is brilliant.
2: <laughs> my uncle Ron used to go there. My late great uncle Ron used to go there. And he used to ring up my dad. It was sometime around sort of. March time, he used to be at Uncle Ron's going to ring. Oh, God, Uncle Ron's going to ring. And he used to go to the same hotel every year in Eastbourne, same week. And he'd ring up my dad because my dad, um, bless him, is the patience of a saint. He really does. And um, my dad used to work on the railway, so he knew all the railway timetables and how he could get there. And every year, same hotel, probably the same train, but every year he'd ring up for at least a three-hour conversation with my dad on what was the best train and where he might stay. And it's just like, there was never, never any variation. Uncle Ron's oh. holiday, it was all part of our kind of like growing up. We were like, oh gosh, we all felt we'd lived there and done that. I have been to Eastbourne, by the way. Um, I did go once, I lost Kenny there. And I, I think maybe he got taken away by some, I don't know, probably someone was a toy boy. I don't know. He just sort of disappeared. <laughs> that was yeah, I can't remember what happened. I just remember losing him and thinking, oh, well, I'll turn up at some point. I'll go and get myself an ice cream. So I just went and sat down on a bench somewhere and ate an ice cream and hoped he'd turn up at some point, which he did. I did that thing that, that you know, your parents tell you, don't move from where you, 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 you are. Stay where you are and someone will find you that like you, you're meant to do. And um, so I didn't. Um, but luckily, it was by an ice cream stand. <laughs> just, I'm thinking, he'll that, clean me in a minute. <laughs> go that's,
0: that's something that drives me mad, is, is like um, Vicky and I will go somewhere, we'll split up and we'll say, right, we'll meet right here. Right here, okay? When you're done, happens. right here. Yeah. Where were you? Oh, I just wanted to go into that shop over there and have a look at, you know, <laughs>
2: Now my worst thing is I'm geographically challenged, so I do everything by by um by sight. I can drive to Cornwall from here by sight alone. I don't need a map. I just know because oh yeah, look, we're going past that place. It's the so and so, and that reminds me of that place. And oh look, that's that place over there. So it's literally just by sight. You know, if if they change the road layout, I'm totally Ooh, screwed. I'm it's stuffed. it's like it's like my friend, my one of my lovely friends, Julia. I adore her. We used to go meet quite often halfway in 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 London so sometimes we'd go to um oh it wasn't to Sarah what's the other big shopping place um Blue Water Blue Water oh just ran by me yeah yeah okay oh you see I could have popped in couldn't I um but didn't know you at the time obviously (laughs) um so (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah, I'm gonna know you in your future life you know (laughs) but you're gonna regret it um and um so Ginny used to always park her car um by the entrance of John Lewis in the great big blue water car park, where the towels were. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. I can't remember if I've made this up or not, but I think one day they changed the layout of the store around so she couldn't find a car. Because <laughs> there's no towels. Oh my God, I've got to remember that there's something else by the exit. And I'm like that. If they change a the road layout on the way down to Cornwall, I am absolutely screwed. Though I did actually. Um, drive down there once and we had there was a tailback on the a must have been the a30 and we ended up on the bodnik ferry and kenny had been on night shift and so he wasn't quite a he was going to drive down um so he worked for nights finished work at six in the morning i went and picked him up from work and he was going to drive down um and he got sort of to the m11 and pulled over and said i, I can't because i'm going to fall asleep and that great epic i'm gonna to have to drive down all right okay fine. so i drove the way. He's sleeping in the car next to me and the next thing is he wakes up on the Bodnik ferry <laughs> what the hell are we doing here it's just like shortcut we're still moving we're going we're just doing the back roads <laughs> Took <Trip> forever <laughs> we we're going like, i'm not sitting on the a30 waiting for them to clear up a road accident it just takes too long too yeah. impatient not doing that i'd rather go and do a scenic route so off we went and he just said the hell we never never quite forgotten that the long cut yeah I don't know We you want to talk a little bit about work boundaries I don't know it probably doesn't affect you quite so much Michael but I would certainly affect us I think over here and um the boundaries of how we're coping if we've been in meetings where there's been babies and children present and how we're feeling about that um mm. I'm sure that that affects many of the people that are listening and how they're managing to cope with that and what strategies people are putting in place because it's come up quite a bit I think in the community conversations we've been yeah. having um and how we're dealing with that
1: yeah that's mm. a good topic
2: mm. there's actually a post that was on LinkedIn about this um yeah. and I'm going to try and find it it was the chap sat with his kid wasn't it it is yeah and actually had a really interesting conversation um about it I've been commenting on so many things here we go this is it so actually it was quite a hot quite a lot of really good comments I think on there from people so the the context or setting the scene is it's on um a page on LinkedIn called the female lead which I have to say that I I thought well that's not really being representative of all females but by sharing this and the guy um is called frank back and he's a lead product designer at headspace in fact actually which mm. i would imagine is the same headspace as the um meditation app i can't think of any other yeah. company called that and he had a picture of himself and his daughter who must only be a few months old she's very tiny must can't even yet be one years old And the photograph comes with the quote, I brought my daughter onto a Zoom call this week. Of course, she's super cute. And I'm excited to expose her to people outside of our bubble. But then a colleague said something to me which really stuck. It's easy to forget that beyond work, we're all just people. It's true, Frank goes on to say. As a leader, I want to encourage those with families to not feel that they need to hide behind what is professional. If you're comfortable, show us your life, your kids, your families. We're all working from home and breaking through this makes, breaking through this makes showing up every day that much easier. If Coby taught me anything, it's that work-life integration is just as key as the work-life balance. I hope this inspires some of you. And that was shared on the female lead um, group on um LinkedIn and I kind of got involved in all of this because I someone else that I knew shared this and I was going to take issue with them and I thought no because I'm not I don't want to fall out with the person I know and I do trust and respect them and they do know my story and I felt that they'd shared it because they are like lots of people um across the world and I would imagine particularly in the UK where parents have been literally with two days notice homeschooling and I cannot I'm going to just say it openly that I cannot imagine what that must be like that you are assuming your kids are going back to school you've had the worry of the fact that they might get it pass it to you and then somehow you've got to get on with homeschooling with two days notice from literally I think it was two days notice from the government having been told prior and up to Christmas that would not happen I can't imagine how difficult that must be, but it's been a constant narrative, constant, constant, constant narrative about how tough homeschooling is for people. And there's been very little has been said about those of us who are struggling with the other side of it, which is that um, picking up the workload um, of colleagues who are struggling um, because they haven't, they can't obviously give their entire time to their job. And also the fact that, you know, when you've got meetings, you've got people doing, bringing their kids to meetings and how that works. And for others who are in difficult situations, and I know at least two or three people that have contacted me directly and have said, look, actually, I'm really struggling with this and I don't know what to do. Um, So that's the context of the post. And there were, let's have a quick look. There were 732 comments and about 32,700 people liked it. Not the original one, but the one that was reposted and shared on the female lead, which has about 2 million something followers.
1: Yeah, I've, I've looked it up actually. I found your comment actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you commented in response to a, a, another. Another lady who was talking about, look, I've got mixed feelings and this is why this is the other side of the story. And that got quite a few responses. It got 32 replies. It did. Yeah.
2: 82 likes and supports, which I think is good. all people thinking. Yeah, it's
1: interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, um, I'm not very open on LinkedIn about my other hat. I've posted it a little bit every now and again about what I do, but most Hmm. of it's my other business. But I think in the work context, um, just to give you an example, I was doing some training. And a lot of the commentary we we did a bit about mental health um, before we got into the main stuff. See how people are doing working from home, because it is when you're frontline workers. I, I work in complaints, basically, is my other hat. But when you're a frontline worker at the moment, it's difficult because you can't be with your team. You're isolated. Uh, You, you know, you have a crap call that might chime with your own stuff and you've got no one around you that can sit, roll your eyes, go and grab a coffee with or just have a vent. It's just it's you're on your own. And I think the first thing that came in in terms of mental health was I'm struggling with the childcare. And I agree with you, that's really tough. But what I found unacceptable in that that context was that I'm giving training and two people had their children on their lap as I'm giving training. And so not only is that, you know, a trigger for me, but actually that the lines of professionalism are blurring because it's like, well, childcare is really hard. So I'm going to bring my child onto this meeting. And that for me, I think, is, is where it gets difficult for our community because it's like, well, do I say anything? Do I ignore it? What do I do? And it's kind of what is the level of acceptability in terms of how do you react when your trigger is coming at you inside your own home? Mm. and that's an out of a context where you don't expect to be triggered yeah so, yeah it's really tough I think
2: it is yeah I think have you escalated that has anyone given you any advice on that or is it something that you prefer not to say
1: uh for me I mean I think you know I think because I'm um, I'm very good at com- compartmentalizing so I just <laughs> I acknowledged the child the child got shy and it buggered off and I thought happy days that's what I need to do then is just, you know, sort of right, I'm gonna acknowledge it, I'll be polite. And then the child went. And I was like, right, okay, can I just make sure that everyone's in a place where they can do this training? Because I said, if if you are going to be distracted or or you've got other things going on, then perhaps you need to come back another day. But I can do that as a trainer. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Whereas yeah. if you are talking in a meeting as as a peer, you haven't got that luxury.
2: Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. And I think that's the right approach that you take there. Um, it popped up actually in one of the community groups that um, I belong to someone was saying that they've got someone in their training class who they're all training together and they're bringing their children along and it's distracting everybody else because um, the child is very much part of her environment so she'll just stop talking halfway through and engage with the child and then come back and of course it takes the conversation away from whatever they were doing and they're all being all paid money yeah
1: um,
2: to train and I think the the universal response when she said I'm struggling with that is you talk to that person you talk to the trainer and they have to arrange something else with that person so that they don't keep disrupting the meetings Um, my comments on this, the, the comments that they had on this thing were just that people were saying on this, this post was that involuntary childlessness means we can't have children. There's a lot of grief wrapped up in that. And when we work, it's about what we can do at work. And it's a welcome escape from social feats of happy families and parents struggling with homeschools during COVID. The move towards inclusivity means that we have to adapt to new ways of working, which have rightly focused on supporting parents. But it means that sadly many childless people are seeing cute kids on Zoom meetings, or due to the due to the pressure of families and childless women are also picking up the workloads. When you're grieving infertility and failed treatments, miscarriage and baby loss, work then becomes another part of life where you are excluded. I think that's absolutely right, Um, and a well-observed point by somebody else, not by me, who actually comments later on to say that that was really hard for her to post that because she hadn't been open on LinkedIn about this. Um, Not so much. We've got the Full Stock Podcast is on LinkedIn. There's a page for it, and I'm connected to that, so people would be able to find that out. And I've been a little bit more open about it lately just in picking up things groups I belong to where I know that it's safe to do so or people already have an inkling that it's something not quite I think if you want to work with me because they knew that then they're obviously not people that they're not my clients um I don't want to collaborate and do design work with people that perhaps don't understand that not having children doesn't make me effective at my business and I've, I've had that before I've actually had somebody who got in touch with me and asked if I was qualified to do the work I do because I didn't have children um it was a it was a kid's book and she had um yeah you know, I, I i know um, give, me I, <laughs> give me the name and
0: address give me the name and address <laughs> just
2: joke on Jesus. i've long forgotten i've actually just for the record i i've I, at the moment i'm working on a project that has 218 educational books for children and um the design and all of the illustration work and i've been doing that for like the last two years and i've got mm. another. Year ish or six months to go doing that for um, a publisher. So um, that's my background. Um, so her loss, my gain, because she's not somebody that I would want to work with. And, and in fact, mm. in many ways, sometimes being open about these things or just being aware of it means I don't have to have these awkward conversations because it's just like, well, okay, we're not working together. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but anyway, regardless of that, there was quite a bit going on on this post, people um, saying thank you and for the support. And actually quite a lot of people have also said who are parents had said on this post that that is a good point. Um, and I want to shout out, I think, to the people that listen to this podcast who I, I know that there are people listening to podcasts who are parents who have learned from the conversations that the three of us and all of our lovely guests have had with us um, and have had that realise that there is a different side you know, to life. And actually yeah. being childless, of course, comes with lots of other issues as well. Um, There's an interesting thing my My comment was about meetings and about how perhaps we need to look at how we manage meetings and that meeting organizers perhaps need to be aware that there might be children and that we have a choice so that if we need to if the meeting has notes taken and minutes, I know it's terribly old-fashioned, but if there are minutes that are taken, then people who are triggered by these things don't have to come along not obligated we all have a choice so that those who aren't public about their situation have a choice to say actually I can't come to this this is not a meeting that I can I can come to or they can just decline it with no reason whatsoever. They just don't have to, you know, it's non-obligatory. No one should be obligated to come to meetings, I think in our current situation, because we are also, not just the triggers, but also that we have different things that we're judging. We're having to do as well. We're juggling other stuff, different things, but we also are juggling life, you know. Um, But there ought to be more choices with that and meeting organizers need to be aware of that too.
1: I was talking about this in a different context the other day. So we're talking about triggers and yeah, there are different strategies you can use. So there are ways you can say no, um, but there's also exit strategies. And one of those is if you see a trigger in a business meeting, then you can private message that that organiser and say, I'm sorry that I've had to go and switch your camera off and just go. Um, that you know if, if that's a problem for them then I, you know, I guess you're having to have a conversation but there are always exit strategies and sometimes when you're triggered you just need to know that you can go and that you haven't got to stick around with your face with this rictus grin trying to pretend you're okay so I guess yeah. it's just empowering yourself to go maybe I don't go to the meeting maybe I think about how I can exit stage left if I need to and how mm-hmm. I can give myself time afterwards just to get myself back together again.
2: Yeah, I right. think that's important. I did a thing a couple of weeks ago, which was Freelance Heroes. Um, and they have a freelance day. And I thought, oh, it'd be good. I'll go to that. And they went. And there was two, the first two trainers talked about homeschooling and kids. <laughs> and then the third one, it was a pregnancy announcement. I'm going to be a dad in March. And I hadn't thought that that would be a trigger. I thought, oh, we're all here together. You know, it won't be a thing. And actually, I had to. I, I and it's very rare that I do that, but I had to literally just leave the whole thing. I'd paid money for this, mm. you know, and it wasn't as if I could watch it on record, the recording, because I knew that they would pop up now and then, and they actually have these kind of breakout meetings. And the first one that I went to, because you were in the same sort of breakout, I think, every time, and I just said, to actually, I'm not going to be coming back for the other ones because I'm just too." I can't do this and they were just oh know what's wrong and I said well there's been you know this is all very pro natal pregnancy announcement and actually I'm childless not by choice I've been through miscarriages and failed IVF and I actually don't want to be here because I can't deal with this it's too much for my mental capacity and I don't have anyone around me to support me um you know I, I can't literally go and down the road or come and visit you Sarah or anybody else to say look actually I need a bit of support here I can't do that I'm isolated in my grief um and you were all celebrating the fact that someone's going to be having a child which is lovely and fantastic but actually I don't feel the same and I'm going and I was quite open about why I was going but um it did feel like I was the only one in the room yeah that was feeling that way and it was all very these freelance communities can be very very pro natal I think
1: Um, yeah no they can especially especially startups so you know I've got um got a friend who I love to bits that's um she's mentored me since I started being self-employed and she's brilliant and I love her to bits but she's rebranded recently and she works solely with women and obviously (laughs) they all bond over children and I just feel like I'm on the outside looking in so I've not really engaged with it I've not told her why yet because I'm like, I'm not really in the mood to do that just now. Don't feel that I should have to justify why I've not engaged with this. But there is an awful lot of coaches, mentors and stuff who focus on women's startups and, and they all bond over that. It's, it's, You know, it's not my friend's fault. It just seems to be something that naturally happens. And so yeah. I've, I've had to take a back seat and go, actually, no. Yeah.
2: And I think that's probably the thing at the moment, isn't it? That you know we're bonding over our shared stories Mm. because nobody really wants to talk too much about the pandemic because it's just too awful so what's the next thing what's the thing that binds people most kids so they can talk about they can talk about homeschooling and that although i do think sometimes i there's a a lady who lives in our street who i've been talking to they've got three children and they often come out um and walk around uh, at the same time and in fact actually the little girl is terrified of dogs um, but Molly seems to somehow be helping her with that in some kind of weird way because my dog doesn't care about anybody much, really. Um, she's very affectionate. So anyway, it seems you have got into some sort of thing, and I'm just like, what the hell am I doing, doing this for? Because I'm sure it's not probably healthy for my brain. But actually, I quite enjoyed it. It's not been a problem. Um, but she was talking about homeschooling, and 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 hasn't asked me whether I'm a parent or not. Nothing. There's been no conversation about that, which has been quite nice. But I'm I'm waiting for it because it'll probably come up at some point, but she's so strung up about the fact that she's just doing so badly about it Um, and the kids just want to come outside and play that she's forgotten to ask me if I'm a parent at all because she's just so in the, in the zone of like, I'm just really shit at doing homeschooling I'm so bad at it and my kids are just like running wild and oh my god and I don't know what they're up to so we just get the paper out and we start <laughs> they decorated all their living room window with like cut out tissue paper because that'll have to do that's all done because she's just <laughs> she's given up really um and you know they're young enough I think for that not to be too much of an issue perhaps but it's been odd because I think she's been so caught up that I think she's just assumed like I think lots of people are perhaps out there that we are all parents Mm. because it's the it's the dominant you know it's it's, it is it's a popular hashtag on Twitter or any social media network you know it's the thing um that seems to pop up
1: I think you're right I mean a number of business meetings I've been in there someone's just started going on you know they want the social Mm -hmm. thing so they start talking about homeschooling and I think a year ago two years ago I might have been more triggered by it but now I'm sort of I can sit and have a conversation say well actually no I don't have kids so I don't know but I this is going to (laughs) sound it's going to sound a bit a bit wrong but actually I don't take pleasure from it but it makes me see that actually the grass isn't always greener when I've got someone saying to me that they um, they can't even homeschool their five-year-old because they're learning algorithms and they don't know what an algorithm is. And we can have a chat and say, I've no bloody idea either. So, you know, the fact that it's it's not all pleasurable mm. in some sort of way actually brings me... Is it schadenfreude? It's a bit like a schadenfreude yeah. thing where I take actually some comfort from the fact that, one, I haven't got to do it, and two it's not all it's not all sort of roses and sunshine the fact that they've mm. got to do this,
2: oh absolutely I agree i think i i i think this year well, the last few years, but I think particularly twenty twenty made me think actually maybe I'm saying maybe it's a good thing I, it's not a good thing, but it's maybe there is a small crumb of comfort that you know I haven't got to watch children of mine go through. Climate, you know, climate change.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, when you think about like locally here, the rivers are flooding. You know, the rain, everything. Um, and I worry about climate change enough. I do. I worry a lot about it, but I haven't got to pass that worry on to my children. I can still be responsible. You yeah. both know I'm really into that. You know, I think to me, I think that you know we can't use childlessness as an excuse for not caring about the planet. We all have a due responsibility to to be aware of our carbon footprints regardless but I don't have to worry about my children going through a planet that's going to be dying <laughs> literally you know it's dying um and we're not doing enough to to support that but also I can't think of anything more difficult than trying to get children through a pandemic when actually you probably shit scared yourself
1: yeah
2: um you know I can I can be shit I'm, and I know I get terrified by it because the dog react <laughs> Molly blesser always kind of reacts to moods like dogs do you know, and she knows that too, you know, but at least it's just me and the dog, and we can just like have this sort of like, you know, we're in this sort of thing, and, and I can get through that, but if you move the kind of things that the children pick up on, which they do with parents, and I think that must be really, really hard, so I think it's, I, I'd like to think, I think that maybe perhaps as a community, perhaps we have some compassion there for for those that are parents, but I'd like to hope that maybe it might be reciprocated and I've been more open about the fact that you know I I, a couple of meetings I've been to where to say I've had you know kids have been present and and again the LinkedIn post actually deciding that I was going to reply to that and say look actually no it's not that good Um, and it's not Mm -hmm. that simple and there's got to be strategies in place for men and women who are triggered by people having their kids present so it happens with men as well it's not just us it does. Uh, all genders are affected by this and there has to be that conversation and i've now started to say look actually i've been through miscarriage and felt that you, if you googled my name and obviously the podcast would come up then it's obviously fairly clear that that is a, is a connection um and other stuff i've done as well but i've now decided to be open about it but not to view it as a thing of of pity now i'm actually extraordinarily proud i think probably because of the podcast i suppose extraordinarily proud of that i've been through this and if people don't understand that and they don't have an empathy and they think something different about that then well fuck them (laughs) sorry i don't care you know and that's kind of the way i think about lots of things now so that you know it's like with my family sharing all the baby pictures on on whatsapp i haven't replied i just think oh fuck them I've done my best. I've done the absolute best I can to tell you what I've been through. You could listen to the podcast if you wanted to. You could look at my social media feed if you wanted to. But if you don't, fuck you. Buckle really actually now I've gone I've gone past that point because I think it's a pandemic and we all need to be a little bit kinder to each other and a little bit more open at these things and not bury stuff under the carpet and if actually the entire purpose of the whatsapp group is to share baby pictures um then that's not taking into account my feelings and therefore I don't quite feel that we're on the same page and I'll have more in common with my friends
1: yeah. Well, I think I think that's possibly one of the positive things that will come out of the pandemic talking to people is that actually, am I going to put up your bullshit after this? Probably not. Am I going to yeah. feel compelled to uh, reply to every scan picture or pregnancy announcement? No, fuck off. I haven't got interest in that. So, mm. totally. Yeah.
2: My line at the moment is I've survived. I have survived failed IVF and miscarriage. And I don't want to deal with this I'm looking after my mental health exactly um, and I think that's good and then you can insert whatever your reason is you know I have survived or I am coming to terms with childlessness not by choice involuntarily whatever term you want to use and I'm looking after my mental health and I don't need this. And I think we've got to have those conversations. I'm certainly pushing back, I think, in situations where um, I think that meeting organizers aren't, you know, I, I do never, ever, 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 ever want to see in the meeting invite required again, mm. not now. It should stop, that required should stop because there are reasons why, and they are all good reasons why people just should say no. I don't want to do this. And like you say, have exit strategies in place as well. I think that's a really good point. Is there any other exit strategies that you can share, Sarah, that might be helpful?
1: Um, No, I've I've talked about, so triggers, when you're triggered, your emotions just go and you're you're engulfed. So I would always recommend practising. So come up with those strategies when you're feeling calm and you know that you can think them through and and then you can engage them once you're you're triggered like that and it is as simple as i you know when i'm triggered if i'm out and about hopefully at some point we'll be again i just make sure i i know where the exit is and i don't feel that i have to explain it i'm just i'm off so if if people want to check in with me afterwards then i'll explain but it is just making sure that you can engage those strategies when you've been triggered and when your emotions have taken you over so that you're almost in, not autopilot, but your, your feet will just go right exit stage left and you don't have to feel compelled to do anything else.
2: Mm, I'd also say probably pick up the phone as well. Talk to somebody. I mean, you and I taught, um, couple of weeks ago because I was just struggling and you contacted me and just said do you want to just get on zoom the broadband was absolutely shite at the time but it was it was just it was enough crap. <laughs> it was really bad wasn't it I don't know what was going on um, but it was just touching face with you and just saying okay there's someone here just to talk to and and of course you know we, we both understand the situations that we're in but having someone around to go okay this is an issue and I know that I could do the same with Michael as well that you know the three of us can talk to each other but again you know anyone out there listening to the podcast who thinks I don't have someone like that then the three of us are here as well for you too don't feel that you couldn't yeah. ever contact one of us um via the podcast and say look actually I just need a bit of help someone just give me a call um do that because that's so important I couldn't have got through that week had I have not spoken to Sarah because you know I, I've got my husband here but it's different and you yeah. just need someone just to kind of ground you and give you um just some strategies to help you um, and that's what, Sarah, you're so good at, as well as being a good friend.
1: Oh, well. thank you. Right. sniffle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, can, we, can we do something cheerful now? Something that's really good, like a little round of applause thing. This has to go onto the podcast. Oh, go on. We've been nominated, haven't we? For yeah, we'll, awards. We'll, we'll,
0: can we back up, back up, back up, back up, back up? Back up, back up. I've got something to add.
2: <clears throat> okay, yeah, go on.
0: We talked about strategies. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that I think people need to... I think one of the worries that people from our community will have is what would be the ramification if mm. I didn't go to a meeting? Yeah. How would I look? How, you know, would I be up for a disciplinary action if if I keep missing these these meetings? Mm. And I think that's a real, I think that'd be a real fear. That's something that would sit with me. Yeah. Um. So from a, I wrote down some notes. I'll Just let me get to them. Yeah, so I think one of the things we need to have is also arm yourself with some um, uh, ammunition, that's not what I'm looking for, but I'll talk about it in this way. Uh, here in Australia, um, we, there is something called, and each state has one, it's called the Occupational Health and Safety Act. I know we're international, so I can't speak for all countries around the world, but I just want to read you this. The Work Health and Safety Act 2011, New South Wales, blah, 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 provides a framework to protect the health and safety and welfare of all workers and others in relation to New South Wales workplaces and work activities. So where I'm coming from is that I, I believe you would be absolutely within your rights. Now, if you do this previous to meetings, or afterwards, when you've felt that you've been triggered and you've left, that you can, um, and I'll speak from my perspective here, that you can actually email your boss and say, "Look, explain the situation. Explain who you know, who you are, what the situation is, and that these triggers, you know, are an assault on your mental health because they are." Now, we're not saying that, you know, it's not about chastising parents, but it's it's about making aware of the people that need to know that this is an issue and you have that legislation to back you up. Are you two uh, feverishly now Googling Occupational Health and Safety Acts?
1: No, no. I was looking at the UK equivalent um, because obviously we've got the Mental Health Act Um, But we are not, unfortunately, we are not a recognised uh, attribute under the Mental Health Act. But what um, I think it's there's there's certain things that are recognised, but you are there is a duty help, you know, a duty of care by your employer to make sure that you feel safe and that your well-being is protected, which is probably why a lot of companies over here are doing a lot of well-being at the moment, obviously, with COVID. So I would say, okay, it's not a recognised thing but your mental health is very important
0: yes and I, so that's where I'm coming from in terms of the yeah. your, you your boss has a has an obligation and is, if you make them aware of that then now the onus is on them to now manage that so you don't have to manage it they have to manage it and i think that's important it's, it's because you know yeah because we would be you know you can imagine someone being feeling quite isolated doesn't have support because everyone's talking about their children where do i go about this and i think we need to arm ourselves with that information to say Mm. make them aware and then they need to manage that
2: there's lots of statistics and lots of information on the world childless week website um worldchildlessweek.net and also i think gateway women most certainly have resources on there um i've shared Jodie's um video uh mm-hmm. about um about being childless um her ted talk with um mm-hmm. people um who have struggled to understand that and in fact actually with the um, various human resource teams as well um just to Make sure that there's something. The university in Cambridge now has a um, policy on infertility treatment, and also there might be things as well. And if you've got gender balance as well, look in your workplace for things like gender balance networks as well and equality. Anything like that yeah. um, can also be really helpful too. I've been raising awareness of that in the university here in Cambridge, which I have a a contract with, and I it's something that I talk about quite openly. Um, to make sure that people are aware that there are others who suffer in in different ways and again that might be something that they can advise you on too but absolutely I think I think one of the things that's been interesting about the pandemic is that when I first started when I was working from home in the past before I was freelance um, I kind of not want to leave the, the room or take my laptop you know everywhere with me um, in case someone needed me for something you know no one actually is that critical that they're needed all the time um, so I think that Um, it's worth bearing in mind that there is a little bit I think of flexibility now and it sounds all this sounds a terrible thing in the world to say because it's not really a truth but I think that you can also blame an awful lot of things on tech and on the fact that actually you're trying to balance your own different things as well you know your broadband could be dodgy I wouldn't say that you should probably use that as an excuse too often but you know I think if you are particularly having a bad day and you don't want to say something then you I, I actually think that's fair and reasonable because people say, you know, we'll, we'll we'll say, you know, their kids are having a bad day. Well, actually, you could have a bad day with something else as well if you felt that it wasn't something you wanted to explain. But don't obviously use that too much. It's, it's a bit like when you're a, a kid and the dog chewed your homework. There's only so many times you can get away with that. I know. Um, but yeah, just you know thinking okay okay I didn't necessarily want to do that but also perhaps looking then at different ways that you can have that conversation because not all managers are as empathetic as others but being open, or, or you know if you wanted to be more broad I suppose you could say that actually your mental health is not right at the moment because da, 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 and you can have that conversation yeah. um, employees do have a do have a responsibility to look after the welfare of everybody particularly at the moment
1: there's information on the acas website which might be worth sharing because it's generic about mental health and it's about the obligations so that might be worth a share yeah,
2: acas.org.uk i think yeah. that's uk
1: um yeah the... oh, sorry yeah that is uk not not australia mm. but yeah no it's just, it's a tough one but i think there are things that we can do to see, mm. to help ourselves
2: yeah I think, and that's important. I think of the podcast as well is that we're having we're having those conversations and there's been so many things that are going on. I think now um, we've had news that the World Childless Week is happening again this year, which is great. So again, there's just things going on. It's, its fifth year. Did you know that's five years is of it? World Childless Week? Wow, I know. Um, so all those sorts of things are giving evidence and stories and more diversity, I think, to to what it's like to be childless. To so draw on those resources as well. They're all, we're all here for evidence as well, you know. And if you need to, then share this bit of the podcast. You know, we don't mind. That's what we're here to do, to provide, to provide support that employers do have to do more. Mm. And meeting organisers too. I think people just need to have that tolerance and just be aware that not everyone's in the same situation. Yeah. So, yeah, award. That's the oh, other yes. thing. Yeah. We go on to that now. And I think that's probably it. I think then we're done. I don't yeah. think there's anything much else. Mic drop at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've been nominated, Sarah and I have been nominated for um, Digital Women Award, Podcast of the Year Award, in fact, with Digital Women, um, who also have a category for Digital Mother of the Year, which I know a few people have taken up with that. In fact, um, there is someone I know, good friend of mine, Anne, who runs um, Drive the Network, who is a mum, but she's to, to, to a very grown-up um, son, but has said constantly to me that she's always learnt a lot from, from what the work that we do, which is lovely. And she, I know, had nominated us and a few others as well from our community. So if you're a listener and you have done that, then thank you so very much, um, because it just gives us. Um, to quote... Um, guests that we've had it gives us I think it actually was Sevilla Morgan who said it was um we get a place at the table and I think that is so important um the awards are now closed so there's no more nominating going on but I know that I've put in quite a lot of nominations as well and I won it last year I got a digital women one to watch last year and it was specifically about um childlessness specifically about the design work and the business work that I do to help um men and women, anyone really, who's going through their plan B and is setting up a new business and needs branding and work and design and websites and stuff like that. Um, So it was all specifically to do that. So I I spoke a lot about that um, so that we get a place at the table in groups like that. And that's really important. So, yeah, well done, Sarah Lawrence. (laughs) And you. I I saw
0: saw the email.
1: Bloody hell. I know. (laughs) how do I feel about being in the
2: spotlight like this? It's just like, oh.
0: <laughs> I couldn't think of two more deserving people to get it.
2: Oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your support as well, Michael, because it's a podcast yeah. of three.
0: Yeah. Always I a just three hope, of I it. just hope it's not me that doesn't allow you to get it.
2: That's. <laughs> no, I, oh. I think it's really, I think you're, I've often sort of said it's like, you know, the, the unique selling point of our podcast is that it is the three of us. And we have that. Just. Dis- yeah, it's just good to be able to sit here and just to, to talk to each other quite freely and openly about how we're feeling. It's really important to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. hmm Certainly is. And that's all we have to leave the chat for now. Now, please don't forget that we're also on the trinity of Facebook, Insta and Twitter and all the links can be found in our website, www.thefools.pod.com. And here... You can register for our newsletter so you can keep up to date with what we're up to. We would also appreciate if you could rate us on the platform you're using to listen to the podcast. The more ratings we get, the wider our spread, and the more of our community we can reach. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or have a burning issue you think our community should be aware of, there is a form on our website that you can fill in and give us some details. And don't forget, we love hearing from our audience, so please drop us a line anytime. And as always, It's important for us to let you know you are not alone.